Well, we are thrilled that you're here today, and uh, I hope that that video was helpful to you if you've been reading along with us through the book of Proverbs, and I hope that you have uh, the challenge I gave you last week, and, and as you came in, we've got these cards out in the lobby that have a QR code on the back side of them. Uh, it will take you right to a reading plan so that every day of the month you can be reading a chapter in the book of Proverbs, and uh, it, there are 31 chapters, so if you read a chapter a day, it take you three or four minutes to get through it. Every month you will have read through the entire book of Proverbs, which is, is nothing but good news for you and for, for us as we explore them together. But uh, we're, we're going to dive in today, but before we do that, I, I just want to celebrate real quick uh, just a bunch of people. Last Sunday, we had uh, a starting point gathering, and uh, we had these great-looking people behind me that were there, and many of them that chose to join the church. And so I want to give it up for these people. Uh, just give them a round of applause and welcome them to, to the family. excited for, for all, of our, all of our new members and welcome. Well, you may wonder, why would we spend so much time, why, you know, why would we dedicate four weeks to, uh, to the book of Proverbs? Why would you spend the time every day reading a chapter, diving into it for yourself? And the reason is, is because it really is, a, the book of Proverbs is a roadmap for us to live happier and better lives. It's filled with practical insights that if we take them seriously and we apply them, it will produce wisdom. Proverbs 3.35 says that the wise inherit honor, but fools are put to shame. It's just really not a downside to wisdom and to pursuing wisdom. And, and this is what I know. If you will, I think I've got that scripture. It should be up on the screen behind me. Proverbs 3.35, yeah. This is what I know, that if, if you will invest the time in reading through the, the Proverbs and, and you'll be asking yourself every day, how can I apply at least one thing that I've read? Because you're going to read a chapter and there's a lot of information there. But if you just take the time to say, how can I apply one thing to my life, you will be happier, uh, you will be more fulfilled, you will be more successful in all of your pursuits in your relationships, you'll be more successful in your careers and in your health journey and in your hobbies, in every area of your life. Wisdom is the one thing that makes the difference. Proverbs 4, 7, I mean, this kind of sounds redundant, but it says getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. Well, duh, okay, that makes sense. But yeah, it, it is. Whatever else you do, develop good judgment. Could you turn my mic down just a little bit? I think I'm a little, I'm a little loud. Every day, here's, here's one thing that I was thinking about this week, is that every day you're either preparing or repairing. Every day, you know, you're, you're making choices, you're getting up and, and doing things, and, and if you make a bad choice today, then you'll be repairing tomorrow. If you make a good choice today, then you're preparing for better choices and, and, uh, and a better day tomorrow. I heard a story about a, a pregnant woman. And uh, she, she, just, she just found out she was pregnant, and, uh, and then she was in a, a bad car accident and uh, kind of hit her head real bad, and it actually put her in a coma for over a year. And uh, one day, she just wakes up in the hospital, and, and she, she's no longer pregnant. She screams out, she says, doctor, doctor, what, where's my baby? Where's my baby? And the doctor comes in and reassures her and says, it's okay, it's all right, uh, your, your baby's fine. Actually, you had two babies because you didn't know it, but you had twins, 
So you, you had a boy and a girl, and they're fine. Uh, we, we gave them to your brother to take care of them for now, uh, but, but, but they're fine. And she said, oh, no, why would you give them to my brother? He's a moron. That guy's an idiot. He couldn't have, why, why, of all people, why did you give him to my brother? And the, the doctor said, well, I'm, I'm sorry, but he was the next of kin. There was no one else, you know. But don't worry, he's done a great job. He has done a great job taking care of them. He's even named them. And uh, you, you've got a boy and a girl. He named them. And she says, oh, my goodness. What, well, what did, he, what did he name them? He said, well, your daughter, he, he named her Denise. And she said, okay, Denise, well, that's not terrible, I guess. What did, what did he name my son? He said, the nephew. <laughs> so, so every day you're either preparing or repairing is my point. Many of you probably remember, uh, or at least you've heard the name John Wooden, a great uh, college basketball coach. Coached in uh, UCLA for uh, one ten NCAA national championships over his career there. He was a he was a great mentor, wise wise dude, and uh, I love this quote that he would share often. He said, "There's a choice you have to make in everything you do." Can we put that quote up on the screen? There's a choice you have to make in everything you do. So keep in mind that in the end, the choice you make makes you. Whatever choices, that, that's, that's so true, because whatever choices you're making today, they determine the stories that you're going to tell tomorrow. I like to think about it like this, and here's really what I wanted us to see from the wi wisdom literature of Proverbs, is that we make our decisions, and our decisions make us. Whatever it is that you're choosing, whatever, you know, if I, if, do I turn right or left? Those decisions that you make every day, are, are, that's, the, that's, how that's where your life goes. That's the direction of your life. And we make our decisions, and our decisions make us. I believe the biggest problem that most of us face is we're trying to, as we're trying to follow Jesus, we want to know one thing. And that is, what does God want me to do? I hear that as a pastor all the time. That's probably the number one. What does God want me to do? If God would just, if he just send me a text or an email or whatever, I'll take smoke signals, whatever. If he would just tell me, this is what I want you to do. Why does it seem like such a mystery? And uh, I'm afraid of doing the wrong thing. I don't know what to do. What, what does God want me to do? Here's something I've learned. If you, just, if you just pump the brakes on that question and just focus on becoming the person that God wants you to be. And that's not a hidden thing. That's not a mystery. As you're reading through his word, you're going to get a clear understanding really quickly about what kind of a person he wants you to be. If you will focus on that, he will lead you into what he wants you to do. But focus on who he wants you to be. But we get it reversed. We think, oh, well, if he would just... If God would just tell me what he wants me to do, then I'll start doing it and I will become the type of person that he wants me to be. That's backwards. God says, I want you to focus on who I've called you to be. Focus on who I've called you to be. Pursuing wisdom, pursuing faithfulness, integrity, and I will lead you to, to what I, I want you to do. And I will give you the wisdom to decide. You've you got to understand that God doesn't always show us 
specifically what to do. But he does promise to give us wisdom to decide. Do I turn right or do I turn left? What do I do? What, what, what decision do I make? God promises to give you wisdom in that moment, but you've got to seek it. It doesn't come naturally. That was our big point last week. If you were here, I hope you, I hope you remember that. that our, our big, the big thing I wanted to get across is that if you're going to gain wisdom, you've got to seek wisdom. It's not a product of age. It's not something that happens just as we you know, go through and have life experience. You have to get up and go after it. And so how, how can we do that? I've got uh, just a few very simple action steps for us today. If you're like me, I, I like that. I, I want to know, well, give me, give me some steps. Give me something. So if you're taking notes uh, and you want to jot some things down for further study later, here's a few things that will get you going in the right direction. I guarantee it. Number one, if you're going to seek wisdom, you have to learn to walk with the wise. Who are the people in your life that are pointing you in the right direction consistently? Who are the influencers in your life that, that you just daily, that you're, you're with? Who are the people that you look up to? The people that are, that are full of wisdom. Their, their life is on track with God. You look at them and you say, you know what? They, they're doing it. It seems like they're doing it pretty well. I would like for my life to look like theirs at some point down the road. You need to be walking with those people. Proverbs 13, 20 says, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. You know that. I'm not blowing your minds, but, but we, we forget that. It's amazing how quickly we forget that truth. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools. You're going to get in trouble. I love the thing that goes around Facebook every so often. It says, okay, you're in jail. Uh, who are the top three people that are sitting there next to you right now? Go list them. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's funny. That's where our brain goes. Like, I'm going to list the, the, the biggest idiots on my friend list right now and publicly shame them, you know, let them know who it is. But it's like that, that's, we, we know that. And I love the imagery. We're told to walk with the wise. In other words, we're sharing life. That's what that means. Walk with the wise. It means, I mean, it's one of those things we say in church a lot. We say, oh, we're doing life together. I, be honest with you, I don't really like that phrase. I think it sounds a little dopey, but I, I get what, what it means. We do life, we're sharing life, uh, we're sharing a little bit of our life with one another. It's not just, well, I go ask a wise person for advice. That's not what it means. It means that we're actually plugged in, connected, sharing life together in some way. We're walking together. And this is one of the reasons that we talk so much, and we've been talking a, about life groups, and, and a lot of you, I know you think, oh, I don't have time for one more thing. I don't have time. I don't have time. Uh, but you say, well, okay, how am I going to learn to walk with the wise? You're, you're going to be hearing a lot more about it in the next three weeks because what we need, all of us, is we need other strong believers consistently in our lives, people that we can be connected to in a way, that we, we share a little bit of life together because going to church for one hour a week and maybe doing a little daily reading plan that's not enough to overcome the pool of the world you may think it is but it's it, it is not it's not enough these things that are that are that are displeasing to god when you're in a work environment that is so there's so much 
toxicity, there's so much worldliness and sinfulness all over the place. We, we need to be walking with people consistently. And we can gain wisdom from them. And, and, and this is one of the reasons we're so, we're so passionate about that. All the way down to, to, uh, to, our, to our children, to student levels. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, parents, if your kids or your students, if they are not involved in children's ministry or student ministry, if, if you're the type of parent that says, well, I just let my kid decide whether or not they want to you know, attend. I let my kid decide. I'm going to tell you right now what your kid, I can tell you right now what your kid has already decided. They've already decided, well, I'm not going. Because, you know why? Because they've got an Xbox at home. That's why. And they've got TV and they've got things that they, that they want to do because that's easier. But the, we, as parents, I, I'm just going to tell you right now, and, and some of you know this, some of you may, you may not know this, you, you just got to trust me on this one. The relationships that they will form when they're in children's ministry, when they're in student group, those relationships, they will cherish those for the rest of their lives. Those of you that grew up in church and your parents made you go and they took you on Sunday night to youth group or whatever, you know you're still friends with those people. You still go on trips with those people. You still remember those times of you know, going to camp or going to a conference or going to this and going to do that. Like those those moments where your faith was formed and it became your own it wasn't mom and dad's faith it's it's mine now that 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 is so important this is the church working together to disciple one another and so we i tell you we have hand-picked chosen and developed leaders who bring along these great kids that we've got here at at this church and, and we're helping them walk in the same direction I, as a parent, would not expect for one moment, not, I, I would not for one moment expect my children to be discipled in the Lord if all I did was bring them to church a couple of times a month and expect that they're just going to get it. It's not going to happen. You, I wouldn't expect that any more than you would expect them to, to gain knowledge and education by sending them to school once or twice a month. It's the consistency of being plugged in with other followers of Jesus and, and when we are walking with the wise, when we're walking with these people, if you, if you see, when you look at other people, if you see any success in another person's life, I promise you, I absolutely promise you that they have been walking with the wise. The reason that that person is successful is because they have wise people around them that they lean on and they're connected to. There have been a, a few people in my life like that that have been there and been willing to share a little bit of their life with me and, and help me, you know, help me uh, as I've been thinking through and processing things. One of those people, and, and really in different areas, one of those people financially for me is a guy that's uh, been a long, long, long time member here, and he's uh, an elder here. A lot of you may know him. His name's Rick Johnstone. Uh, most pe- for, for me, I remember talking to Rick and, and saying, hey, help me figure this stuff out because, you know, when I went to Bible college, you know, they don't talk to us about retirement plans, you know, as a minister. It's not like I've got some kind of pension or whatever. I'm like, how do you, how do, you do all this kind of stuff? And I remember Rick telling me one time, he says, you know, most people, you know, if you get a little, you know, one or two percent raise a year, whatever it is, he says, most people, they just increase their lifestyle Every time they get a raise or every time they get a bonus, they say, oh, now there's money that I can spend, right? And he said, but the one thing I always did is every time I got a raise or a bonus, 
I would save half of it. So every year, this is something that Megan and I started doing, you know, probably eight or nine years ago, because Rick was the one that, that shared with me about that. Every year, if, if we get a, a 2% raise, well, then I will increase my investments, increase my savings 1% and allow ourselves the, to spend the other. And that doesn't seem like much until you realize that over time, that really begins to add up and multiply and compound. Uh, one of the people, another wise person in my life, in, in my marriage, you know, a lot of us, that's, that's a big area that we're saying, boy, I'd really like a little more wisdom. I'd really like a little insight. I don't know how these people have successful relationships. I don't know how they pull it off. For me, one of those people I was just fortunate is my father-in-law. His name's Tim Russell. And he's, one thing he said to me years and years ago, I'll never forget, he said, you know, most people treat marriage like it's a, like it's a business partnership, like 50-50. You know, you do your part and I do my part. So we divvy up, you know, responsibilities and things like that. Like, well, you do this and I do this. You do this. And so it's kind of like, you know, tit for tat thing. You know, this is your job and this is my job. And then we get angry or hurt or disappointed in each other when we don't meet an expectation. But he said, but you got to know that marriage isn't 50-50. You look through scripture, you're not going to get that understanding from God that marriage is not a business partnership it is a sacred covenant. It requires 100% from both. And, and I have found that to be so true because there are days when Megan's down and she's not feeling it and I've got to step up and carry more of the, the load for a season. And there's times when, when she's carrying more. And, and it's not fair at, at any point in time. But we recognize if we're going to make this thing work, it's going to require both of us to be fully committed Another area in my life where I've needed wisdom and I've needed people just to walk with me a little bit is spiritually. You know, you've you got to have spiritual mentors. You've got to have people that are a little further down the road than you are that, that can point and say, hey, I've been there. I know exactly what that feels like. And, and, I, and I've seen God work in, in these different ways. And there are times in my, in my role, in my work, where I just I can feel overwhelmed with, with needs. And I'm trying to be all things to all people. That's a real struggle of mine is trying to fix, you know, somebody's got a problem, and I just, I want to I help you fix that, and I hate, 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 hate to let people down, and I've had moments where the stress level is high, and I just feel like I'm at my limit, you know, I just, I just, I don't know what to do, and, and for me spiritually, Phil Miller has been one of those people, he'll come in and he'll say, Brandon, you know, it's okay for you to resign as trying to be king of the universe, did you know that, did you know that that's okay, you, you don't have to, you're, there's one Lord, and it's not you. And, and that, I don't know if that speaks to you or not, but it sure helped me to understand that these things that I'm trying to get control over, I'm trying to get in there and fix. He says, this is not for you to worry about, Brandon. This is beyond you. So, so let this go and, and trust the Lord in that. And, and, and that has helped me to, to really, really understand that, that God's going to take care of changing hearts and saving people from their sin and those things. And I tell you all that so hopefully that you'll understand that it is almost impossible to live the right life if you have the wrong friends. It's almost impossible. You, you can't do it. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, where there is no guidance, the people fall. But in an abundance of counselors... There is victory. That's one of my favorite verses in Scripture. I think about that one pretty often. In the abundance of counselors, 
there is victory. Meaning you can't have too much wisdom around you. You really can't. There is no shame, no shame at all in, in asking people, in, in saying, hey, I, you know, I look at your life and I see these things. I see this fruit in you. And I really would like to be where you are. Would you be willing to, to just share a little bit with me? Would you be willing, can I buy you a coffee and just maybe talk a little bit? And, and, and maybe you could point me. Yeah, I, I can tell you for me, I mean, if somebody says that to me, I feel honored. And, and I think for, for many of us, we feel ashamed to ask that. We think, oh, well, they're going to think I'm a, I'm a loser or I'm a wimp or I'm whatever. There, there is no shame. That is, a, that is a total honor to be asked to, to share. And if, if you want to make better decisions, hang around better people. I mean, it's just as simple as that. It's what we're reading here in the Proverbs. And some of you, this is what you really need to hear. This is so important. This is so biblical. You want God's direction? Then hang out with God's people. I mean, it's, it's that true. And, and that doesn't mean, because I, I hear people always push back on that. Well, if I do that, then that means I won't be ministering to anybody who's far from God. Oh, you can do that too. You can, you, absolutely, there's a call on your life to do that. But when it comes down to wisdom and the direction of your life, I've said this to you before, but show me your friends and I'll show you your future. The people that you hang around with are, is the person that you're becoming. So do you like who you're around? Do you see a lot of victory there? Do you see success? Do you see wisdom? If not, it's time to make some changes. Walk with the wise and you will grow wise. The second thing, though, if you want something else, okay, what can I begin to start putting into my life? You want wisdom? This is real simple. But ask God for it. Ask God. This, there is a promise and a prayer that he will always answer. You know, there's a lot of things that we pray about. And, you know, we always wonder, well, is God going to say yes? Or is he going to say no? Or is he going to say wait? Or is he going to, you know, sometimes we feel like, oh, I've been praying about something, but I don't feel like God is answering me. When you ask him for wisdom, he always says yes. He always gives wisdom. He loves to give wisdom. Proverbs is loaded with instruction and insight into how to make better choices and how to live better lives. But it's, it's not just the Proverbs. The New Testament's full of these promises. One of my favorites is James 1.5. It says, if you need wisdom, then ask our generous God, and he will give it to you, and he will not rebuke you for asking. He loves to answer that prayer. Now, you, you, a lot of you guys know this. I've got three kids, and whether they believe it or not, I hope that they're in here. I don't know. There's one, only one in here right now. I'll have to remind the other two of this later. But I hope that they know, even if they don't believe it, that I, I still think I know some things that they don't know. I have some things. I have some practical knowledge and life experience insight, some wisdom that I can teach them. And whenever they ask, you know, they want to try something new. I am, I am happy. I am overjoyed to, to share with them what I know or what I've experienced or to try to teach. You know, I, there, I, I'm, you know I, so I understand this passage when it says, if you want wisdom, ask our generous God. He's going to give it to you. He's not going to send you away for asking. But a couple of years ago, we took our family uh, for a little trip to Texas. And on the way there, we stopped in Memphis, Tennessee uh, to visit the biggest Bass Pro Shop in the world. 
If you've, uh, if you've ever been by there, maybe you've seen it. It's a really unique structure. It's a huge glass pyramid. It was uh, built originally to be a basketball arena, but uh, that, that went out, and so it sat vacant for a while. And then finally Bass Pro came along and purchased it, and it's been converted into this massive Bass Pro shop. It's really impressive if you ever drive by it. It's, it's, it's awesome. But uh, one thing about it, if you, look at the, if you look at the very top there, I don't know if you can see, just beneath that black part, there's a platform there. So there's an elevator right in the center of the structure that you can ride all the way up to the top and you can go stand up, uh, stand out on that, that platform. And uh, so when we're there, Jacob and Adlin said, hey, Dad, do you think we could go up there? And I said, well, sure we can. And Ethan, he was not interested in that. He's, he's not, not a heights guy. But I said, sure, let's go. We're, we're going we're gonna to go up to the top. And so when we got up to the top, we noticed that to walk out onto the balcony, it was a glass floor. So you're, you're standing on this pyramid, right? And it's glass underneath, so you can see. And immediately we, we, we go out there, and you know it's time to step out. And both of them are like, no way. That's, you know, like Everything in them is like, this is a bad idea. We shouldn't walk out on this. And I said, sure we can. Come on out. It's fine. But, but I had to lead them, and they had to trust me. Because I knew something they didn't know. Hey, this is safe. It's going to be all right. And so, uh, you know, I've got a couple of pictures of this because it's such a cool experience. That was kind of just looking out. Uh, that was one kind of looking out towards the river. There's the glass. You can, I don't know if you can see, but you can see right down. They put some lines in it. Yeah, it's kind of creepy. They put some lines in there, I think, to kind of keep people from panicking too much. If you go to the next picture, there's a kind of a, it, it was pretty high. And a matter of fact, so Megan and Ethan didn't go up with us. But I got a picture of them. There they are. And, uh, and, but the reason, the reason that they were able to experience that and, and the reason that they were able to take that brave step was because they asked me for help. And I, I was happy to, to take them. Now, I, I, there's a lot of areas in my life, lots of areas where I need help and I need wisdom. One of those is if any of you are professional photographers, maybe you can help me because here's another picture that I... I took to kind of prove my, <laughs> my need. But, but my, my point is, your, your heavenly Father will guide you, advise you, watch over you, and, then, and, and celebrate you. When you ask Him for wisdom, that's a prayer that God loves to answer. But here's another thing. Here's the third thing that you can begin doing right now, this week, that you'll begin to grow in wisdom. I promise is stay focused on growing in wisdom. See, a lot of us, we get really amped up. We come in here and we say, yeah, okay, that's a good idea. But it's just sort of like, it just sort of leaks. And, you know, Monday sort of slaps you in the side of the face and you, you just get into routine and, and, and you just lose focus. It's really important that we, we continue to, you know, it, it's like with any discipline, that's the, the purpose of the Proverbs is to help us to grow in wisdom and in discipline. And, and there's a reason that a lot of us, when it comes to discipline, we're not really good at it. It's because we lose focus. It's hard to maintain when everything's working against you. But we can never become complacent because the moment that you think that you're good enough, the moment that you believe, I think I know all I need to know, I think I'm okay, that is the moment you stop growing. And the moment you stop growing is the moment you start moving backward. Proverbs 4. It says, my children, pay attention to what I say. 
Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet and stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. In other words, stay focused. Don't lose sight of what you're aiming for. Stay focused. Discipline, it's, it's a difficult thing. It's, it's hard for us to create new rhythms. But without that, we won't see success. We won't see victory in our life. How do you, how do you get to God's perfect will? You serve Him perfectly in this moment. That's how you get there. It's not about focusing on or asking, what does God want me to do? What does He want me to do? You just focus on who He's calling you to be right now and pursue that. Say, how can I be the person He made me to be? How can I pursue wisdom? If you do that, He will lead you the right way. He's going to give you the wisdom that you need to do the things that he's called you to do because he is the good shepherd and we are the sheep the scripture talks a lot about that makes that comparison about how our lives that we are very much we are very much like sheep and the, the good shepherd comes along and he knows exactly how to care for us he knows exactly how to lead us he knows exactly how to watch over and protect us we don't need to worry about those things we just focus on being who he's called us to be, pursuing wisdom. Let me pray for us. Lord, help these words to, uh, to just make some sense. The, the, the words of, of your word, that uh, sometimes it, it takes us some time to read and reread and reread to try to understand what does this mean for us? Lord, help us to, would you just show us what it looks like to grow in discipline and grow in wisdom. For, for a lot of us, we just, are, we live so reactionary. We just go from one issue to the next without, without taking time to be intentional about what direction we need to go in. Help us to to be able to, to move slowly, to take our time, to, to ask you to guide us and to give us the wisdom that we need in the moment and help our hearts to be soft enough to receive uh, your voice. I thank you, Lord, for leading us and for loving us. And I thank you most of all for the, for the saving grace that we find in your son, Jesus. And it's in his name I pray. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. We'll see you next Sunday.